bringing Gator Nation a different Gator great every episode. This is Jabari Gaffney, you're listening to the All For The Gators podcast. Hey, I'm Earl Everett. You're not a Gator, you're Gator bait. This is Bo Carroll. Hey, I'm Rita Anthony. This is Chris Rainey. This is Theatric Facing, a.k.a. C4. This is Jack Jackson. Go Gators, the real number one. Hey, man, this is Chad Jackson, and you're listening to the All For The Gators, man, here. Go Gators. Hey, this is Jeff Chandler, the all-time leading scorer in Florida football history. This is Tony George. Go Gators. Hey, guys, this is Jarvis Moss. Go Gators. Johnny Rutledge here, and you are listening to All For The Gators podcast. This is Ben Trooper. You're listening to the All for the Gators podcast. This is Chris Doring, and you're listening to the All for the Gators podcast. You don't remember who we had on the show? No, I remember. Yeah? Tell me three. <laughs> How about three receivers? I'll give you Riddell, <laughs> Javar. Okay, you got it. Jack Jackson, Chad Jackson. I was here. You still got to look them up. Uh, oh, not yet. All right, so what we're going to do this week, guys, I just wanted to take an episode and sort of... Dude, I don't know. Do we have enough episodes to do a best of? I don't know. What are we up to now? Like 14? Every show we do feels like the best one we've done. It just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. But no, I would like to have a larger library before we start best of. Like the Eagles had like five, six albums before they got the best of the Eagles out there. We, you know, we, <laughs> we got to do a little better than that. All right. So we, we haven't hit our Hotel California. That's what you're we saying. We have not. No, no. We, we, need, we need a larger library. Uh, <laughs> um, well, victim of love. Too bad. We're doing it. So, All right, let's do this, it. <laughs> and this is totally unscripted. We haven't prepped at all, and that's the purpose of this. We just wanted to go into this unscripted and discuss some of our favorite moments and discussions from the shows we've done, put that into a sort of a best of, or maybe like a podcast trailer for people that haven't maybe listened to a whole episode or any episodes, and it'll give them a gist of what our show's about how we execute our show, how compelling it can be, entertaining it can be, informative it could be, um, unless Sid's talking. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) I guess this is our intro, right? So It is. Let's roll with it. I love it. I'm I'm just going to throw it right to Andy, and I'm going to say... Oh, God. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. This is not going to end well for me. Do you have a favorite episode that we've done so far? I think my favorite episode is Chad Jackson. Okay. Honestly, I think that's my favorite one. I had the most fun on that one. I don't know what it was. It was just like him from the start was just in it. It was great stories. He was energetic. There's something about that one that stuck with me. We've had some great ones though, but that one for some reason I feel like is my favorite. One of my favorite parts of that show, of course, was at the end when we surprised him. When I asked him if he had any hobbies (laughs) and I was expecting him, to be honest with us, oh yeah, and um, he did not mention karaoke. Why don't we start the show with that? Excellent. Chad Jackson doing karaoke right here, all for the Gators podcast. What's Chad Jackson do for fun these days? Any hobbies, kids? Uh, I'm a new father, man. I just had a daughter a couple years ago. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, she just turned two in December. So when I'm not working, I'm, I'm usually you know, on daddy duties. Uh, but uh, most of the times, if I'm by myself, a good movie. Uh, I'm a I'm a video game that man. I play video games all the time, so I'm on Call of Duty. But it's all good though, you know. It's all good. <laughs> I thought when I mentioned hobbies, you were gonna bring up karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> 
wow. Hey. <laughs> Not just a baller, clearly. <laughs> hey, that careless, hey, that careless whisper, baby. Hey, that's my go. That's my number one on karaoke. I like that, man. You were, you were into it. Oh man, I was pretty gone that night. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you usually are when you do karaoke. I think. Yes, sir. We're doing a best of some of our favorite segments of the show discussions. Uh, Sid, is there a segment or a question or answer that sticks out in your mind that was just like, wow? You know, we had no idea. I really enjoyed hearing all the stories about um, the recruiting. Seems like Ron Zook, at the time, we didn't really appreciate him. It was kind of like, uh, you know, the, the girlfriend, uh, don't know what you got till you're gone. But seems like everybody that Ron Zook touched, he like had a bond with him. And, and, and I kind of liked hearing all the different perceptions of that. Uh, even most recently, before he was even a head coach uh, in, our, in our last episode with Tony George. Talking about recruiting stories, how about we go into Mr. Earl Everett, right? <laughs> One of the top linebackers in Gator history, of course, infamous for his helmetless tackle in the championship game. Remember the story he was telling us about being recruited by Nebraska yes. as a quarterback? Yes. As a quarterback. As a quarterback. Yeah, as a quarterback. That was surprising, yes. But we remember Nebraska did not throw the ball very much at that time. <laughs> That's right. He also said he threw the ball 80 yards in the air. Yeah. 83. Yes. Why don't we play it? Okay. This is Earl Everett, his recruiting story, all for the Gators podcast. Best of? Maybe. I don't know. So when I think of Earl Everett, I think of Muhammad Ali saying, I'm a bad man. I don't know why. It just, <laughs> that's what comes to my mind. And. And you were in high school. You played every position, no joke. And the acclaim obviously came from linebacker, but you were even playing quarterback in the playoffs. My question is, what position did you enjoy playing the most if it wasn't linebacker? Um, to be honest with you, um, I would have to say quarterback. It was a position that, well, first of all, I, I never played linebacker all four years in, in high school. You know, I was, you know, more of an athlete, kind of just played everything. You know, I was never stationary at one position you know, um, but I got, you know, put into the quarterback role and hated it at first. And um, I think they introduced it to me as a junior. You know, they wanted me to be the backup quarterback because they knew the kid that was the quarterback at the time was going to be a senior graduating. And then my senior year, they wanted me to be one of the main guys at quarterback. And I hated it and and didn't like it at all. Uh, Loved every other position, but then going into my senior year, you know, I actually spent a lot of time at quarterback and we used to go in a uh, stadium sometimes and I used to stand on the 50 and throw the ball through the goalposts. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, um, I always had a strong arm. My accuracy wasn't excellent, you know what I mean, in high school, but I always had a strong arm. Farthest throw was 83, 83 yards. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. But, like I said, I wasn't. That's amazing. I wasn't your, your college pocket pass and quarterback i was an athlete that just had a strong arm that ran the option well i picture you like a uh a steve mcnair at quarterback is that am i close yeah yeah kind of yep uh cordell stewart that was my guy growing up watching old cordell and that was my nickname in high school <laughs> they called it slash <laughs> you had a lot of slashes in your nickname yeah, that's right. yeah. a lot of people don't know nebraska was actually recruiting me uh as a quarterback they were the only school because uh, we ran a lot of the option in high school. And, um, yeah, they were recruiting me as a quarterback. Went on a visit, enjoyed it. Uh, it was just too cold. 
<laughs> yeah, it was 14 degrees when I got off the plane, Ooh. and you know that was a little too cold for a Florida. That's board, a hard man. sell. <laughs> it is. I'll tell you, Earl Everett, though, if my memory is right, I think he has my favorite story so far, though. Oh, okay. What is it? Is he the one that had, I'm pretty sure he did, but I have not been very good at this. Is he the one that had the bar story? (laughs) Yep. Where they went to the bar and they were, and Ohio State was already celebrating with champagne. Yes. Yep. And uh, and they turned around and went back to their rooms and... Ray McDonald Ray McDonald turned them around. Let's go, guys. And he was like, wait, we just got here. And he says, let him have this. Let him have tonight. Yep. And then we stomped them. I think that's my favorite story so far. There's some great ones, but that one sticks out for me. We could play that one too. That's a good one. Let's do it. Let's do it. All for the Gators podcast. We get to Glendale, and our first night, um, first night in Arizona, we didn't have a curfew. A bunch of guys got together, and we wanted to go to this little bar. You know, we told Coach we wanted to, you know, go and hang out a little bit, and he was like, "All right, tonight you guys don't have a curfew, but the following night, it's like at." 11 or something, whatever it was. So anyways, about 10, 11 of us would go to this bar. As soon as we walk in, we see uh, a bunch of Ohio State players. (laughs) 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 They got VIP sections. Oh, boy. Popping bottles, champagne, you know, and, and, you know, they're acting like the game is already won. This is no lie. Uh, Ray McDonald. And I believe it might have been Steve Harris, but I know Ray for sure. Ray was like, guys, let's go. Go. Where are we going? We just got here. Man, (laughs) let's just go. We don't need to be in here with these guys. And everybody was like, you know what, bro? You're right. Let's go. We're going to let them have this tonight because come Monday or Tuesday, whenever the game was, we're going to show them what we're about. And we took that as disrespect. Absolutely. You know, that they were. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in their popping bottles of champagne like they had. So we, me and Silent went back to our hotel room because we were roommates that, you know, that trip. And we got in our playbooks and just started going over, ask, asking each other questions. And even, in the, I mean, stuff that we already knew, but we wanted to just sharpen our mind you know what i mean that way there's no hesitation that when this happens you know and um the next night our curfew was like 11 or whatever it was 9 30 10 o'clock man silent we're in the room back in our books again and we're gonna let them i mean we were really pissed off like we i mean it was like somebody said something about our mom or something. Like we were like that pissed off <laughs> that nobody wanted to give us a chance. Yes, yeah, you were going to be as as prepared as you possibly as could we be. Possibly could be. And Greg Madison, he said, guys, if we play our A game, <laughs> he said, won't he, I'm telling you, it won't be close. He was right. He was right. He was absolutely right. Ted Ginn, something was starting there in the very beginning, but once that was done, uh, it was all us from there. Exactly. I mean. Um, we kept telling um, our offense, we said, guys, they scored on special teams. They didn't score on our defense. All right, that was a fluke. Reggie Nelson got held. You know, we're, we're, we're <laughs> saying all this, you know, all these things to our teammates to, to try to get their mind off of that, you know. And it was like, and with, with, which part of it was true. They didn't score on our defense yet, you know. So we was like, guys, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Let's, let's ride. Let's ride. And um, – Beginning of the second quarter, it was a TV timeout, and Brian Crum picked up the ball. And, you know, usually timeout, you go to the numbers and you talk to your coach. For some reason, we were still standing on the field. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, they called the timeout. And I think we got back out there early, and the referee was waiting to start the clock. And the ball was on, on the ground, and Crumb picked it up. And he said, Troy, will you sign this for me? <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. I mean, since you're Mr. Uh, social Media here for us, have we had any blowback from the Mount Rushmore of defensive backs? And I only ask because that was a hard one. There are a lot of guys that could go on that list. And I can only imagine there's got to be some angry people out there. Maybe they haven't responded, but there's got to be some anger out there with our Mount Rushmore. I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to say no. Wow. There was no negative blowback wow. on the Mount Rushmore DBs. in the Because fa- I put it up as a Facebook story, and it was awesome. And once again, if you don't know the show, there's Mr. Andy Pankratz, my co-host. No digital footprint whatsoever. Off the grid. Mr. Sid Kafka. He's got some accounts. He doesn't even remember he has them. So, doesn't know he has them. Yeah, so he's not going on and checking. Not very much. So a Facebook story, guys, is when you put up a post. <laughs> Here we go. I don't know if you know or not. And it's only up for like 20 seconds. And people just like swipe through these stories. And you see one after another. So I put up the, the picture of the Mount Rushmore, you know, with the link to the show. Click here. But you can put like uh, an emoji on it. If you see somebody's story, like heart or a thumbs up or whatever, Mr. Javon Curse, oh. he responded with a fire emoji, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Did he? He now. did. Oh, future friend of the show, Javon Curse. Bring the freak in. That's good. Yeah, he's been very accepting of the show and posts online. Speaking of Javon Curse, didn't we uh, we learn who named him the freak? We did. did. That uh, kind of insight you could find only here on the All for Gator podcast. I think I remember that one too. Do I do. That was Mr. That was? Bo Carroll. Bo Carroll. And Bo they... Carroll. Exactly. He mutated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. Yes. I think that's a great clip to play. Let's do it. All right. I like that one. That is a good one. Bo Carroll right here naming the freak. It's uh, breaking news right here. All for the Gators podcast. <laughs> All right, we do a little game called Five for Five. I'm going to name five of your former Gator teammates. You got to tell us the first word that comes to your mind. You ready? I hope so. <laughs> Number one, Javon Kirst. Freak. I'm the one that gave him his name. Oh, really? Nobody knows that. We were in... Oh, really? The, How'd that happen? We were in the uh, Southwest Rec playing basketball, and I seen him. <laughs> it, you know, he's by then, he was a huge guy. And we were, like, playing basketball, and he was just, like, even, like, as an athlete, he was just freaking. So I was like, yo... I was like, you a freak. It's like, you a freak. I'm going to call you the freak from now on. <laughs> and it stuck. Because I, like, I guess people like Redell and Ike and all them were there, so they heard it. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Freak. I was like, yeah, you a freak. Like, you're a freak of nature. Like, you started out as a strong safety. <laughs> you came to Florida as a strong safety. Wow. You ended up as a defensive end. Like, your body mutated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that, that said the name, and it just stuck. So, John, what are some of your favorite memories of the show? Uh, what, like, Is there a particular uh, moment that jumps out at you or a particular question uh, you got a great answer from? I'll tell you one. <laughs> one moment that had me, and, you know, it's not often. I mean, you're talking about their experiences and their performances and how they felt about things. So you, do, you don't really get real, like, belly laugh out loud moments a lot, right? But when we were talking in our episode to Ben Troop, and we asked him about Gusecki's gritty. Yes. <laughs> and he went on for about five minutes. I was just keeled over, like holding <laughs> my stomach, cracking up. Yes. Ben, ben Troop is great personality. Like, 
on my list of people I'd want to go grab a burger and a drink with. That guy, that guy was great. So why don't we do that? I got to hear that again. Uh, <laughs> this is Ben Troop uh, talking about Gasecki's Gritty right here all for the Gators podcast. Let's lighten it up a little bit. What's up with Gasecki's Gritty? I, I would say this. Gisecki, I love you. It's the longest gritty. It's a 50-yard gritty. Like, he'll start from one end of the end zone. And this, is what, this is what I think happened with it. He told his wife or his girlfriend or his family he's going to do it. And he showed it to them. They said, please don't do that. I'm going to do it. Don't do that. I, we, you know what? We, we need to stop calling it the gritty. It's something else. It, that, that, is, that is not Justin Jefferson. That is not Jamar Chase. That is... Like I, listen, I, listen, I love the fact that that's how powerful culture is. But y'all know just like I know. Giuseppe, you need to do something else, man. That ain't it. And he can't wait to do it. And he does it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> He'll do it in the end zone. He'll do it on the sideline. Across and the he, field. Because yeah. in his mind, in his, you, know, you know who I blame? I blame Travis Kelsey. Because Travis Kelsey can <laughs> dance, right? Travis Kelsey can dance. And Giuseppe can't. <laughs> And Jaseki goes, if I get in the end zone, I'm doing the gritty. No, Jaseki, they're not going to – Jaseki think he's going to be on the Madden game. He think they're going to put that nonsense on it. And if they do – They better make it just as bad as it is listen, it's not only, I mean, look, I said Jaseki – If it's in the game, it's in the game. Well, yeah, I, I, I said Jaseki, when you, when you see – when you look at Justin Jefferson, what about what he's doing you think you're doing? Look, we're doing the same thing. No, we're not. Look. Like, y'all not doing it. I know you got – I know you putting it up to your eyes and you're doing it. What if the first person ever seen the gritty seen you doing it? And then they're going to be doing it like you. That's not how it looks, man. That's not the gritty. God forbid he end up with like 10, 11 touchdowns. We're going to have to see that that many more times, right? What episode were you most nervous to do going into it? Oh, man. I know what mine was, and it was – I think it was because it was early, but I, I got one. I'm thinking. I was nervous for Jabbar Gaffney just because he was my favorite. But uh, as far as like uh, you know, being recorded the first show, Chris Rainey, like how's this going to go? Are we going to talk over each other? Is this going to work? Yeah. And I'm very pleased that I think it has. <laughs> I would say probably Seatric Faison. Oh, really? Okay. Because I mean that was just a, a huge mark for for C4. Big fan, yeah. Um, and and I think I believe we didn't get him on at first. Yep. Right. We rescheduled him a couple times. Right. Yeah. Right. He was great. He told some great stories. So let's go back to that offseason between 03 and 04. What is that like for you? Are you are you training at that point with a with a big chip on your shoulder because you feel like you deserve to be the feature back and you want to be the feature back that next year? Most most definitely. And you know, I had them two kids in high school, so. They, they, they was my motivation as well. But, uh, you know, I, I thought it was going to be, I thought I was going to be the starter. As soon as Rand left, I said, okay, it's, it's my turn. But right before spring, they told me I was going to be, I was going in as a number two guy. And I was like, okay, you know, uh, all love for Deshaun Wynn and me and him are good friends. And I was like, man, the number two guy after what I did. And I was like, you know what? I guess it's going to be a two-headed monster, but I ain't going to complain. I just went out there and did my job. And we had that spring game going into our junior year. And I had a great spring game. And after that game, you know, because Zook put me against the the start, the so-called starters, and I was with the backups. And I rushed for over 100 yards and three touchdowns in the spring game. And in the locker room, he was like, hey, man, Forget what I said about the number two back. You're going into the summer as the number one. And once he told me that, it was like no looking back. I was like, you know, I got a goal. And and I went up top to the film guys and say, I need Fred Taylor film, 
Emmett Smith film, Air Red film. And they looked at me. I said, I need it. They said, for what? I said, because I'm going to be your next thousand yard back. Mine was Doring. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was early on. I mean, he's he's on the SEC network. Right. I mean, he's, he's a professional he's, broadcaster. He's a huge name, too, right? right. He's a huge name. <laughs> And he was like a huge get for us. That was just one that I, I wanted to. So early, I wanted on. that one to go well, and yeah. he he was fantastic too because he was really telling some great stories, and he loved the intro. I remember he was all about that, and he was adding on to it, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I wanted that one to go well because I think, and I think that honestly, in my opinion, I think that was one that really helped help the show. Right, that yeah. one went so well. It was it a did. big name. People recognized. He has a lot of following. We we yeah. carry we. I agree. Some of that yeah. flow. Totally agree. That could have yeah. made us or broke us, that show. Yeah. Our, our second show with a big name like Doring. And he, I mean, being the second guest on a brand new podcast, yep. not knowing the hosts, was Very, a big risk for him. Um, agree, and yeah. it could have totally broke us. And, and I think at times he, he helped us out in the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we've come a long way since episode two. For sure. Yeah, I would um, agree with our chemistry and everything and our execution of the show. And I think we, you're right. I, I think we owe a lot to Chris Doran. I agree with that. Yeah. I, and I remember he had, that was one of those, cause I think he had a limited time frame that he was able to talk to us. Right. And, and we went way longer than we thought. So obviously that was a good sign in my opinion, right? He, yes. mm-hmm. he seemed to, he was right himself. there with us. We were having good conversation. Uh, so that kind of proved, I think to us that, that we could do this. It was great. And I remember a comment I had, that was not planned that sticks out in my mind about that show was because we talked so much about him being a walk on and his success and, you know, his heart and, and perseverance. And then I asked him about, does it ever get you angry when you watch the movie Rudy? And he went (laughs) nuts. Yeah. Let's play that. That's a good one. Let's hear that back. Good choice. Little Chris Doring right here. All for the Gators podcast. You ever watch the movie Rudy and think to yourself, my story is a million times better than There's that. There's no question. It pisses me off every day. Ru- Rudy barely, really barely got on the field and had like supposedly one sack. Like, I mean, dude, exactly. that, that, that's nothing in compared to what I got a chance to do. One of our all-time favorites of all three of us, Jabbar Gaffney, mm. the story about why the Redskins cut him after his best year in the NFL, almost 1,000 yards, a ton of receptions, touchdowns. It was because of the jersey number, right? <laughs> yep. Can we play that? Let's play that. That's a good one. All right. A little bit of Jabbar. Right here, all for the Gators podcast. So let's talk about that year in Washington. So you're traded to the Redskins, and you put up your best numbers for a season in your career in 2011. You have 68 catches, almost 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. You're targeted 115 times. Now, having said that, you're released by Shanahan after that season. I checked the receivers on the 2012 Redskins. Josh Morgan, who? Pierre Garcon, okay. Uh, you got the Canes, you got Santana Moss and Hankerson. None of them really a better receiver than you. Why do you think Shanahan you know, made that decision? He didn't really have no choice in the matter. They, they wanted my number. I wasn't going to give up my number. That was when they was drafting RG, RG3. They wanted my number 10. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that was all. Yeah, that was all over. That was all over a number, man. <laughs> all over a number. All over a number. Yeah, they called me and asked me if I was gonna give, give it up. I was like, man, I, I'm number ten. I would that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, he wouldn't write you a check for that number, isn't that what they do? Yeah, these that's days? what they're supposed to do. But they just they take <laughs> another route and they just cut me to give him number ten and then let, allow me to come back if I wanted to. But I was like. Uh, 
y'all doing stuff like that. I'm out of here. Yeah. How big of a check would it have taken? It wouldn't took too much. I mean, just something to satisfy me losing my number 10. So probably about, uh, I don't know, about fifty, sixty thousand, 60000 maybe. Would have did it. You wouldn't have gone back to that heavy eighty six though, I'm sure. No, no heavy eighty six. <laughs> I, I went up one. I went to eleven. <laughs> the Jeff Chandler show was good. Oh yeah, that was the surprise show. That's right. You didn't you didn't know that I, I had yeah. the I uh, found out Sid knew his whole family. I did. Yeah. Be, be at the Chandlers. <laughs> uh we had on Jeff Chandler, the Gators all time leading scorer. Yes. He was great. I remember him talking about wasn't he talked about Spurrier giving him kicking advice. <laughs> and he had a good Spurrier impression. <laughs> yeah. so speaking of Spurrier, you played John mentioned you played a little bit of wide receiver in high school, but unfortunately we didn't see any receiving stats at UF, no fake field goals or anything like that. Did you ever get in his ear about you being able to run a pattern or anything like that? My biggest regret is that I didn't campaign hard enough for that right. when I was at Florida because he was the perfect coach for it. Um, he would have loved probably to do, you know, to work something like that in, but yeah, you know, he, they allowed me, uh, we played, I think Miami of Ohio to start the 2000 season. I think it was 2000 and he let me kick the ball off like a little dribble kick right to myself to pick the ball up, which I thought was like, (laughs) Hey, throw me a bone. I'll take it. You know, it's not a fake field goal, but you know, it still gives me a little bit of glory and make me feel like a football player a little bit. So they, he let me do that, but um, we never really practiced fake field goals or anything like that. He was, I think he was just kind of like a field goal is like a, a necessity that he didn't want to have to deal with because it means he didn't score a touchdown. So um, I, I just, yeah, for whatever reason, I, I used to see all these other kickers around the country and they, you know, do the ones where the, the holder flips it over his back sure. and kicker runs around him and catches it. And I'm like, oh, that's my dream right there. But unfortunately, you know, my number was uh, never called. And Coach Spurrier let me kick a lot of field goals a lot more than he probably would have wanted me to kick. Well, now with the old ball coach being a kicker too, did did he offer any like hands-on coaching on the kicking or offer any uh, technique advice? It's funny you mention that because, yes, he had punting and kicking (laughs) advice because, you know, that's what helped him win the Heisman. And he would tell us that till you know, the sun went down about how great he was at kicking. But, you know, his style is not applicable to today. So I, I had to remind him that we make a more athletic move when we kick. Yes. Compared to, you know, the little Papa shot kick. Like the straight on George Blanda kick. Yeah. 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 Two steps exactly. kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would, he would always, cause we would always get out to practice, you know, 30, 30 minutes early to warm up. Cause our, our period of practice was always the first period. So the guys would stretch and then we'd go in the special teams. And so, while everybody else is getting their pads on, we were already out at the field. So he'd come out there early with us and he'd start to say, well, you know, you know, Jeff, I used to, I used to kick a few field goals. And so he would kind of tell us, you know, how great he was. Well, what do you, what do you think about this? You know, and he even would give our punters some tips on what he thought they should do. And you just kind of like nod and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then when he leaves, you're like, all right, we're going back to what we were doing normally, you know? Um, but yeah, he was, he was always very, uh, you know, would spend time with us, just not not necessarily like time that really mattered, but just being around us, which I think made, made us feel like a, a bigger part of the team because he was never in special teams meetings or anything like that. He was too busy focused on the offense. So we sort of craved that, 
you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes that we got before practice with him. Very cool story. I imagine any attention you got from him had to be a plus. I mean, he is the yeah, leader. That's great. That's great. Oh, man. We had a couple of guys that had good Spurrier impressions, including. Oh, our most recent, I think, yeah, is the best. Tony George. Yeah, Tony George's was very good. Tony George's was very good. <laughs> okay. I don't recall whose TV did, who, whose TV did Coach Spurrier turn off when he sat down and got someone's dad mad at him? Who was that? Oh, maybe Jack. I don't think it was Riedel. I think it was Jack. I think it was Riedel because I think he was talking about he was gonna he wanted to go away. Riedel's dad was the mayor and he didn't want to be in or didn't want to be in Tallahassee because his dad was gonna be up there watching him. He said that he uh, he said, "Hey Riedel, do you not want me to be here? Because I'll leave." Oh, that, that was, was it. it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because his parents didn't want him to be there. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, I gotta right. play for this guy." Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jack. Yeah. That was a great story. He turned off the TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great Spurrier uh, in-house visit stories. Yep. That's for sure. I mean, our most successful episode, though, I think, isn't it still Riedel? Yep. The Riedel story I remember was uh, he was having no comment about the after parties from winning the championship. Yeah, he was pleading the fifth. Yeah. He was, like, not touching that one yet. <laughs> he was pleading the fifth. He told good stories, though, about the competition and the practice and knowing that he had the confidence with Ike and Jacquez and, and everything, though. Like, he, he told yeah. he told good inside football stories about what it was like in the receiver room and, and how they all lifted each other up and brought out the best in each other. That's the year you cement your legacy, right? You got over 70 receptions now, big jump in yards, over 1,200 yards, and then the 18 touchdown catches. That still stands, right, as a UF record. With four called back. With four called back. Oh, really? didn't know that. <laughs> So what do you attribute kind of your personal level of success that season? Because you were, I mean, you were great already. And then you go to the first team, all SEC consensus, all American, you know, a legend, you know, in college football at that point. So kind of what's the, what do you think got you to that next level? Um, I, Quiz, Fred, Eli, Terry, all those guys. I give you a prime example. We just watched the NFL wild card and you look at, they say Justin Jefferson, best receiver in the league. Oh, he going to have this, that, blah, blah, blah. But if you ain't got no one else on the other side of you to take some of the coverage away from you, you can be stopped as a receiver. I don't care how great you are. So the definition of a team sport, you only as great as the individuals around you. And to have a top 10 pick, a second in the second round pick, a third round pick, another top 10 pick. I mean, I had dudes around me. I mean, we had some great scout team stories by a bunch of guys. That's the one thing I think we've learned a lot on this show is is the the importance of the scout team and what that meant to guys back then. Yeah. It was almost like a badge of honor. It wasn't anything negative. They took it as a positive and got their work in and, and dominated, you know, sometimes the starters and made, made them ready when they got their chance. It was, like, easy. The Florida-Georgia game seemed to be very important. Uh, that Florida-Georgia Hall of Fame. Yeah. We've had many yeah. members who are a member yeah. of that. Uh, then they, they, You could hear the pride in their voice and of the importance of them. So Absolutely. Uh, that, that's pretty special. Muck City. Muck City. Yeah. I got to say, I didn't know that much about Muck City until I, I kind of knew the, about the area and some of the players that came out of there. Didn't realize how many and also how many Gators. Yes. Another theme. Um, overcoming adversity. Yes. Some health adversities. Mm -hmm. We had Earl Everett. Yeah, that was a crazy story. It was. We had 
Tony George. Mm-hmm. We had Jarvis Moss. The story about Charlie Strong. Yeah. Telling Urban Meyer. Yeah, he's our best player. He's our best player. Yep. You need to get him help and figure out what's going on. That was a great story. That was a great story. He was ready to quit, right? Yep. He was done. He was ready to sign the paperwork and just be a student. Yep. Yes. He was done. Thank you, Coach Strong, for from all Gator Nation. Thank you, Coach Strong. Why don't we play that clip? Yep. A little Jarvis Moss right here off for the Gators podcast. You know, that carried on into Florida. You know, I got there, wanted to be the star, wanted to be the man, and that hampered me. That held me back. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. Um, like I told you guys, it could be a Monday practice, and I, I'd look like the best player at Florida. Be like, dang, you know, who the heck? This is why I recruited them, nobody, you know. you know, And you, you guys know Florida. I mean, there's five, four-star guys all over the practice field. Sure. I mean, there would be there would be practices where I completely dominated the practices, like a just a young kid, just a young player, you know. And then two days later, you know, I couldn't even participate in practice because of nobody knew what was wrong with my groin and stuff like that. So it was, that went on for two years. So imagine you getting glimpses of this great player, and you're like, "Dang, wow, Moss!" And then two days later, you're like, "What the hell is this?" And so, so that went wow. on for like two years, guys. Um, it got to the point where I literally told them um, I didn't want to play anymore. I was about to sign the papers and uh, just be a student. Wow. I'll tell you, this is the last part of the story I'll tell you because it's a big part of the story. Um, when Urban Meyer got there, I hadn't, I was nobody. I hadn't produced. You know, he's coming in to clean up the building, you know, get, you know, kind of get the program back in the direction that everybody wanted it to be in. And um, being a player that hadn't done anything and, you know, Urban was kind of looking at me like, you know, why are you here? And we had a team meeting one time and uh, me and Urban kind of ended up nose to nose. And uh, he said some things to me that, you know, in front of my team, he said some things to me that, you know, most people would have fought, you know, right there, you know. Um, and I felt really bad at the time because I knew I wasn't who I should be. But I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't a trainer. You know, I, I also knew I'm just a player. It's not my job to figure out what my illness is. So I had that frustration going on. When Urban was kind of humiliating me in front of the team, and I'll just tell you this, I was tempted. I didn't want to be in Florida anymore. I think a day later, maybe, Coach Strong called a meeting between me, Urban Meyer, and him. So I go up to Urban Meyer's office. It's just me, Coach Strong, and Urban Meyer. And Coach Strong looks at Urban, and he's like, look, man, I know you don't think this kid is anything. Charlie Strong looked at Urban Meyer and told him, this is our best player. It's just something wrong with him. And Urban's looking at Charlie like, what the hell are you talking about? He's a slapdick. He hasn't done anything for Florida yet. <laughs> Charlie told him, he's like, look, this is our best player. There's just something wrong with him. Like, we got to we gotta fix him. He's like, Charlie's like, I don't know if Moss has AIDS. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> Coach Strong, like, literally, literally, this is what Coach Strong, he's like, I don't know what's wrong with him, but it's our job. We got him all the way out here. It's our job to fix him or figure out what's wrong with him. Absolutely. Urban looked at me. And he picked up his phone on his desk and he called um, the trainer upstairs. We waited a few minutes for the trainer to get up there. He walked in and he looked at him. He's like, man, I want you to exalt every resource to figure out what's wrong with this kid. And uh, I thank Coach Strong for that day because that's when I finally started going to the hospital extensively and getting tests. And we finally got to the bottom of where I can get on the field. And that's just to sum it up, guys. I'll never forget that day when 
Coach Strong looked at Urban. He was like, I know you you, you have no high opinions about this kid, but this is our best player right here. <laughs> so how do we close the best of? I, I think I know. Uh, and it's with our last guest in the intro. He said it best. And I think we'll close with this. I'm not even going to try to quote him. Uh, I'm just going to play the clip and we're going to be out of here. Uh, guys, 14 episodes. Man, I think we've done a hell of a job. Sure have. Yeah, we've picked up new listeners along the way. Got a radio affiliate. Yeah. WJXL. Hello, Jacksonville. Jackson Sports Radio. That's right. Gotten some um, good feedback. Uh, I know you, I certainly didn't see it on social media, but you you, <laughs> you send us screenshots, which is always nice to be able to see some of our our fans out there that, that uh, showing love for the podcast. I don't do a lot on social media, but my mom really enjoys the show. She keeps telling me it's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well that's the best of i guess uh volume one uh i hope we picked volume one here we go i hope we picked some of the best segments and we didn't leave out you know i think it's more of like a recap show yes there you go than a best of but i feel well, like i'm gonna wake up at three in the morning though and scream out a moment that i wanted to mention now so i'm sure you know, <laughs> don't mind me <laughs> i'm hoping we gave some listeners something to you know that they're interested in if they haven't heard all of the episodes. So I hope we gave them something off of an episode they hadn't heard before that'll get them to go listen and and, and stick around. There's more to hear, come. Hear, hear full interviews. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Super producer. Here, Hard at work. Here we go. All right, guys, let's do it. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. I'll stick around this time. This is such an honor and a privilege to get back to uh, talk with our our Gator fans and, and Gator alum around the world. And um, it's, it's good to let give updates on the greatness that's happening in our lives and in our world.